Hello there and welcome to the Pint-Sized Healing Podcast. My name is Max Thompson, let's get started. everybody and welcome to the Pine Size Healing Podcast. It's Max Thompson. I have uh, another person with me on the podcast today. It seems to be a little bit of a trend recently, but uh, it's all good. Um, today I'm joined by Jackie and she is going to just tell you herself who she is and what she does because she knows best. <laughs> Thanks, Max. Yes, I'm Jackie McGinn. I, I call myself a spiritual mentor and energy healer. And I largely help people who've been in um, narcissistic, abusive relationships, um, whether that's a parent um, or a spouse or even sometimes a friend or a co-worker. Yep. Because it's, it's all damaging. Yep. Um, I, it, oh, it took me about 15, around about 15 years to realise I'd been targeted by one um and it was a, a client who said to me i've got a narcissistic father can you help me my initial reaction was oh no i don't think i'm the right person started looking into it and was like oh my god oh, yeah hang on. <laughs> i know that feeling yes that's happened to me and um yeah so you know did some more research put together a program and yeah it's been working beautifully for and here we are and here we are yes yeah yeah it's it's interesting i always say like a, an abuser is never one thing to one person so we can meet them in all sorts of areas of our lives and i i feel that you know the more authority a person has over us the more they have to say about who we are as a person uh the greater the effect of the abuses um yeah i've been yeah. talking a lot this week about people as well who've been in in cults and in uh, uh yeah abusive religious uh groups which is really the actually a lot of that is the same strategies the same kind of dynamic that you get in a parental or a spousal um situation as well um but again like different setting same game different players but um yeah but yeah so that's this, that's one of the reasons as well that Swan Waters has kind of opened it up to, you know, wherever you meet these people, you're going to have to do some healing to get over it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So we spoke earlier this week, because, you know, this is what I do in my life. I talk to people <laughs> about, about narcissists and abuse. It's wonderful. Uh, but we were talking about, uh, about the, the ideas of, of belief and disbelief because we were um and and mindset i guess how that kind of all works together right and you had a, a really uh, great insight that really blew my socks off that i was uh so happy that you wanted to share with our listeners as well oh about the disbelief yeah yeah so it i mean like We've, we, you know, we've doing, been doing a lot of mindset work and the importance of believing in yourself. And, you know, one of the modalities I do very much looks at 
um, limiting beliefs, changing limiting beliefs to like limitless beliefs, which is really the, you know, getting to the truth of who we are. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, 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 it suddenly just dawned on me that disbelief is equally as powerful. Now I, it started with, I just had this question going around in my mind again and again and again with why is narcissistic abuse hidden in plain sight? Because so many people have experienced oh, it. So, so much. Yeah. It's, it's all over the place, but why is it so hidden? Mm. And there's only kind of like a, a small percentage of people at the moment who can even see it. And that's when it, that's when it struck me that there is this, it's, it's the disbelief behind it that is so powerful. And it's, it's like when, when, when you go into shock or trauma, you, you kind of, you do kind of leave your body, don't you? Yeah. And, and there's that part of you that's kind of doesn't want to face the truth of what's happening. And you're desperately hoping that what's happening is not true. Yeah. It's not actually happening. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then it's like that disbelief leaves you frozen, it, like emotionless. Mm. And it's like, there's, there's a bit of you that's then stuck at that point in time wishing for a different past yeah or a different present whichever way you want to look at it and so that disbelief can have equally a powerful effect to believing in yourself and yeah. believing life is good and life is there to help you yeah i think like um one of the reasons I think why that disconnect is so, um, so destructive as well. Like when I was younger, I had a, um, I was run over by a, by a truck. And so in that, obviously in that moment, you're kind of not necessarily fully there because it's a yeah, fairly yeah. scary thing that's happening. Um, but it's, but it's relatively short lived, right? So you, re so you return to reality and there isn't that much that you can do about denying the fact that, you know, in my case, my leg was broken. So, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have to face that reality at some point because yeah. there's the physical injury that you're, that you're confronted with. And yeah, I think, yeah. especially when you get into that kind of emotional, mental abuse stuff, there's no, yeah. there's no tangible truth to that. So, yeah. so that, that feeling of disbelief or that kind of like, uh, you know, no, I'm not seeing it. It's not happening. It's, you know, it, it gets prolonged and it just, and you can, you can keep disbelieving it for years before you all of a sudden the penny drops. Yeah. And for a lot of people, I don't even think they ever want that penny to drop because it's really scary when it does, because all of a sudden you're confronted with the, with the huge task of having to question your entire reality. Absolutely. And that's terrifying. Yeah. 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 So if you're, scared, so if you're out there and you're scared of that, then, you know, 
welcome, welcome to life. That is normal. It's okay to be scared. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know kind of like from my, you know, when I was manipulated that I just remember being in that completely because I, I, you know, I did not want to believe that this was being done maliciously. Hmm. You d- you, oh, there's you a lot like, of like, oh, but he doesn't mean it or she doesn't mean it like that. Yeah. Or like in my case, you know, it was like, oh, you know, yeah, this is a spiritual challenge. And, oh. you know, this yes. is something really who's, who's testing me. Um, and once I pass the tests, like, I'll, I'll be fine. You know, you're, you're searching for the good in it because you can't believe it's that evil. Mm-hmm. and I yeah I, I just remember that kind of that moment of where it just all felt so unreal that there was like this emotionless I could I could have just walked into the sea and drowned and it wasn't you know there was no kind of like fear or anything it was just kind of like well it's not real anyway I can I can just end and it won't matter at all and that's that's quite a powerful place to get to mm. it's really yeah it's so that first moment when all of a sudden like I remember I remember that day um from what happened was that my uh now husband was at home and he watched the news and there was a uh, there was a news report about some dude who had chopped up his partner and you know all that fun stuff anyway yeah. um they showed a picture of this guy and they referred to him as a narcissist <clears throat> right and he looked at the picture and he saw, and he thought to himself that's what Mike's mother looks like that's like her facial expression and so oh, wow. he he googled narcissism And then when I got home from work, he said, I'm going to cook. You're going to sit here and read this because you need to read this. That's how he, like for him, that smart, everybody who's, who's been through narcissistic abuse knows the smirk, right? That, Mm. that little, that little bit of enjoyment in the pain of other people. We know, you know, that facial expression, that was the facial expression he saw in that person that he immediately associated with my mother. And he was like, no, you need to read this. You need to sit here and read this. And, and I just read for hours and hours and hours, like the whole night. And I think it was maybe two months later or something that I was like, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm not going to be able to heal from this unless I get away from it. I mean, I'd been through it for 32 years at that point. So, so yeah, but it's, it's a really strange feeling because there's, um, yeah, it just kind of, on the one hand, it was so like, it was so good to figure out what it, what was wrong. And then simultaneously you're like, but that means that all of it is just, you know, none, like none of this is true. So then, and especially I think when, 
when you're going through this from a parental place like so Mm -hmm. so who does that make me right yeah yeah and I know that none of my sisters like none of my sisters was able to even after I got I, I cut contact and they just they still can't see what's going on because mm. they don't want to. <laughs> no. So they're never gonna they're never going to because they don't want to see it. And it's and it's possible to ignore it if you want to. Yeah. And I think that's what you're saying as well. Like why is it so prevalent? It's because it's relatively easy to ignore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, yeah, it's, it's so easy to 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 stay in, and and I think as well, kind of like it's when when you when you start the healing journey and you start clearing away the noise inside from mm. old stuck thoughts, the old emotions that are stuck, all of these limiting beliefs. Once you start peeling them away and you start connecting with your intuition more and more you can't ignore it anymore and it's a lot easier to stay in the noise yeah exactly but the, it's, it, as long as you keep your head stuck in the sand then you don't have to do any of the work but at the end of the day and um, before we started recording we spoke about that a little bit like healthy happy healthy people don't abuse other people right yeah. so at the end of the day I think for a lot of abusers it's their trauma that is mm. that is causing them to be abusive yeah. right yeah. Um, so so for me it was always like I have to do the I have to do the work because I can't be who I need to be for the people around me if I don't yeah because I can't be a good partner and I can't be a good friend and I can't be because because there's all the noise and all the crap and all the you know all the old belief systems that are that are in place it's really really weird sometimes when you have these kind of flashbacks as well and all of a sudden I had it last week all of a sudden I was and I was responding I'm doing some healing and sometimes old stuff all of a sudden just pops up back up and you're like, I thought I dealt with that. Oh, but anyway, about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I thought I was done with that. But so last week, all of a sudden I was like, uh, why am I trying to, why am a, I, why am I feeling responsible for everybody else's problems in the world? And B, why am I trying to fix everyone? Like, yeah. um, and I was like, I thought I dealt with that. <laughs> Maybe not entirely. Like, you know, it just, it just kind of pops back up. But at yeah, least now I recognize what it is. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to fix everybody. That sounds like the drama triangle to me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> also, it helps life. when you sleep enough. That makes it a lot less. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That, that makes it a lot less likely that you start listening to some old programming. <laughs> yes yes so yeah i'm doing that (laughs) but um i think another thing that's kind of um just remembered as you were talking like another thing that's kind of triggered that is like um i don't i don't know if you you can watch it where you are but celebrity big brother over here 
Mm -hmm. There was someone who, plenty of her former co-workers have come forward to say that she's, she's repeated this pattern over and over again of accusing someone of something. And just to watch it unfold over the over the course of the days some people have said like you know the makers of big brother should never have let it get to this far as, as far as it did me personally i was quite glad that this narcissistic abuse pattern was on a program for everyone to see yeah and how she was so insistent that he had punched her and it was um, it wasn't playful, it was intentional, and she was demonstrating on other people, and like she was believing her own lies. Mm. And it, and you know, she she talked. She was on another. She was on one interview, and talking about how you know she'd experienced domestic abuse, and then apparently like she'd she'd been in a house fire. So there does seem to be this pattern of you know, trauma, because yeah, like happy, healthy people don't don't treat people like that. Exactly. Um, but of course, in this instance, it was in a house full of cameras. And the incident that she was talking about was on camera. Unfortunately, it was quite far away. So you couldn't, you couldn't really see, but you could see the intention behind it. And you could see there was somebody else standing there who thought it was such a non-event that they didn't react to it at all. And it just... I think that as well got me thinking kind of like she's really believing her own lies like it is, I, I mean it, if anyone has belief I think it's narcissists right like they are really good at believing stuff that isn't real I mean I had a I had a I worked for a narcissistic boss and he would be able to say like you do he'd ask you, can you do A and B and you do A and B? And then he was like, why did you do A and B? And he goes, well, because you asked me to. And he's like, I would never ask you to do that. And, you know, go off in this tirade. And you would show him a note in his handwriting that said, please do A and B. And he would stand there and say, I would never have asked you that. And you'd be standing there with a note in his handwriting asking you to do exactly what you did. Yeah. And you're just standing there and like, and, and, and what do you do? Like, it drives you insane because yes. Yes. he's standing yes. there jumping up and down telling you that he didn't ask you and you're standing with the note. And you're, and it, it, I mean, talk about gaslighting, but it really does drive you insane because it makes you doubt like, even in that moment with that note in your hand, you're like, did I just misinterpret that note? Yes. Or like you start really yeah. you start questioning yourself you in you the do. face of their like unwavering belief in their own truth. Yeah. Cause, cause where, where I was thinking about it was that um, it's, it, it's like they are still stuck in that trauma. Yeah. They're stuck in that disbelief. And they create a world of disbelief around them. And, and, the, and that's what's why everybody around them is being dragged into this disbelief. And so, yeah, you, you are left with like, did I? What? Huh? How? What? 
how how did we get from there to here like what no really <laughs> like it, like it's it's it literally drives you insane because you stop yes, it does. Yeah. because you stop um relying on your own observations and your own your your own rational thought yeah. yeah or your own emotional your own emotions as well because yeah i mean because yeah. at all levels like, but it's so weird and your emotions are truth detectors aren't they and you yeah exactly you, you cut off from your own natural connection to truth yeah and i think one of the things as well that uh came up in in our group recently as well is like how hard it is to trust people after you've been through that and and i think that's because our like our trust meters have gone haywire like and i, I don't think it's just trust but it's just like every relationship or every interaction that we have with other people we don't necessarily remember how to notice whether the interaction the interaction is healthy and normal um or not because we like we've unlearned reading normal cues yeah 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 for sure and also I think a lot of times it's like, but I let that happen to me. It's like for me, that work situation, I mean, it got to a point where he would smack me around the head for making typos, you know, very normal response for a manager. Um, and it took me ages to stop being nervous about making typos. Um, I bet it did, yeah. Um, but the thing is as well, like, and people say that, like, I, I say that now, like, oh, yeah, he used to smack me around the head. And people go, like, but why did you stay in the job? And I was like, well, first of all, he didn't smack me across the head in the job interview because I probably would not have taken the job. Like, and it's yeah. the same with a date, right? First date, they're not going to smack you about or gaslight you, or at least yeah. not, you know what I mean? Or like, like, none of the narcissistic stuff will come in until the commitment is in place. Exactly. Until, like, things like, yeah, I have... Very difficult to get out This is it. my job, and I have a mortgage, and what am I going to do, right? Yeah. And it was, like, 2008, so what are you going to do? It's not that many jobs, right? So, um, so that, and if you leave a job, then you're buggered because, you know, no welfare when you leave a job so what are you going to do and they they tear down your confidence so much that you don't even think you can get another job anyway so yeah <clears throat> yeah it does it does and i think as well that kind of um and that that really comes in when it's like building your own business as well isn't it that 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 you need confidence and you yes. need belief in yourself because and and also that you can't please everybody and you do have to like narrow it down to a certain type of person and you have to get to a point where you don't care what other people think yeah. or or say but it's a huge journey to get there Absolutely. when your confidence when 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 your mind has been so messed with. 
the journey to like getting to that point where you can put your stuff out there yeah. without fear of, or, or like, you know, metaphorically whacking you around the head. Um, but it, you know, even the way that people will will phrase things like the the shaming language, which and I think that can be really insidious as well, can't it? That the way something is phrased, the tone that comes across, that it's not being specific about something, but there's just this tone of you did something wrong. Yeah. And when something's said in that tone. Like we've all got insecurities, we can find something that it will. Oh, absolutely! And also, none of us is perfect, so there is going to be, there is going to be things that could be better, or yeah. there is going to be typos in what we put out there, or there is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like because, well, that's just the way the world works. Yeah, that's, <laughs> we're human. <laughs> so we might as well embrace the fact that we're fallible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. makes life easier it does indeed mm. yes but it's true like it, you're you're um like even when it comes to uh believe in your uh like believe in yourself and your own ability i think a lot of times as well like the and again maybe that's that's kind of belief and disbelief working together in how uh, how you're affected by narcissistic abuse or, or all those kind of emotional, mental, psychological games. Um, like, I know that um, for my parents, especially like things that I was really good at, they would criticize a lot and make out that those were things that I wasn't good at or that were like my mother once said or no had my father say to me <laughs> just to make it you know just to add that little level to it like my father said to me that she didn't want to have a meeting with me like I was 23 and I'd moved back in with my parents because I dropped out of uni and um and so I wanted to sit down with her just because obviously I'd lived on my own and then moving back in with your parents there's you know it's always tricky yes. it's tricky so I thought well let's communicate about it and she can't and so I said like let's go out for a bite to eat and we can just talk some things through and and work work out how we can you know not kill each other and she said well she couldn't come because my communication skills were too good so she was afraid to talk to me and it's like but good communication skills surely are a good thing right but she made it wow. out to be a bad thing. So for a very long time, I was afraid to have conversations with people because I thought, oh, they must, everybody must feel like I'm talking over them or I'm not, or I'm not listening to them or I'm not giving them the opportunity to be heard as well. Yeah, then, because, because like good communication is the opposite of everything you've just described, isn't it? I know, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, they yeah. muck about with how you feel about you your own it. strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. So that you stop trusting your own talents and your own abilities. Yes. Yeah. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. 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 I was like, I, I have, or like from the narcissist perspective, I have actually a deep down chronic lack of self-esteem 
And so to maintain any kind of um, social acceptability, I've got to destroy everybody else around me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's putting everybody else down in order for me to feel... Not quite so shit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Not so shit about myself. Whereas what I've learned is the more you help other people step up and, Mm -hmm. you know, we we rise by lifting others isn't that what they say yes yes definitely definitely and i and i do think that is our natural programming Mm. we are programmed really to help each other and yeah and that and i mean the, the statistics on abuse are ridiculous i know right i mean because we we've got um the NSPCC, the National Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Children. And on that, they're saying like one in five children experience abuse. And that is, that is just so wrong on... So many levels. So many levels. Yeah. yeah. And I think, and especially the, I think there's way too much attention or way, no, I said that. The wrong way around there's not enough attention for all the emotional mental yeah. stuff that it's a, and i'm not saying like because before we get to even physical violence between uh people that all that emotional psychological stuff has already happened because yeah. like i yeah. said with my boss he didn't smack me about on day one like no. all the all the games that were already i was already at a place where that was acceptable to me right um but i think we like when we talk about um you know people people uh healing from abuse and 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 the impact that that has on a society as well like there's so little room for people to really deal with emotion their emotional and mental health yeah and it just creates it just it just means that this problem keeps existing and keeps getting worse because every generation in order to deal with the trauma needs to step up the game right needs to play a little bit at a higher level because you know that's how we keep all the pain and all the all the trouble down so yeah Yeah. but luckily there's also people like us and people like yeah. people who are listening to this who think, you know what, enough is enough. Let's uh, deal with all this stuff and not pay it forward. Exactly. Let's, let's get back to like honoring our emotions, like ac- accepting the healthy versions. Yeah, exactly. And, and learn to listen to our intuition again and learn to connect to other people in healthy ways. Definitely. That's what it's all about. I mean, we're not, we're not made for, for uh loneliness in that sense no 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 definitely belonging is such a strong need for us exactly which is one of the reasons why it's so hard to to stop disbelieving what's happening because if we if we accept that what is happening to us is abusive then we also accept that we now need to take some action on that and yes. that might mean that we have to step out of our community. Definitely. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's where it feels terrifying. Yes. 
yes yeah definitely and, and and i think that's that's where it's so helpful where there's communities like yours and you know i'm building more community as well around my business that you you need the people that get it and you need the people that are going to affirm you and validate you and who have that understanding of the the scale of what it is to heal yourself yeah from being treated so awfully and and all of the psychological effects that that would have so that you yeah that you, you like you were saying you know the, the the rising the you know lifting each other up but i think yeah it, it it is building communities of people that get it and they're yeah. doing the work and can empathize with the scale of the work yeah and well. that can that can cheer you on as well when you're having one of those days where you because listen i've been no contact with my family for six years now six years yeah. and a bit and uh i still have days sometimes where i'm like did i make this all like yeah. did yeah. this just yeah. happen yeah. like am i making yeah. this up and i'm like i've been running so notice for years like i mean we started in 2013 so i've been at this for five years and i still get those days where i'm like can i make all of this up and of course i didn't because you know i wouldn't still be doing this work if i did and you wouldn't know how to help people exactly well there's also that <laughs> but but it's like it's crazy but that's still how that can sometimes i still get days like that and they get fewer and further between yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. usually not a whole day but there's still those moments where you're like did this really happen or did I just make it up? So yeah, that disbelief is a very, very strong. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's, um, it's a survival mechanism for us, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's, um, yeah. I, know, I mean, my, my clients as well. And I'm, I've been through it as well, where you're like, nah, I, I, I saw too much of that. Didn't I? Didn't I? And then, and then, and then I think sometimes as well, maybe it's um, it's the label narcissist as well that maybe some sometimes you don't need it, where you can just go, was that loving behaviour towards you? Yes or no? No, exactly. That, I don't. That's the most important part of it. I even thought I don't often refer to my mother as a narcissist anymore even though like I I mean I obviously don't have the qualifications to even diagnose her in any yeah. way shape or form but also like it's not to me it's not important anymore why she behaved the way she did I'm sure that she behaved the way she did because she was traumatized in her own right um and that's okay that so it was her choice not to deal with that and then and then it's my choice to deal with it and that's really the only thing that matters to me. But even like a label like abuse, sometimes I find difficult. Yeah. On the one hand, it's really important that we call it what it is. But at the same time, like, it's a big, it's a really big label. It's a big word, yeah. It's a really big label. So I don't like, it's not like, if you're not comfortable with that label, then that's fine too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, like, and like I said, kind of like, does it come down to, was it loving 
or was it not? And if it's not, and you're still treating yourself, and you know, you know, and are you treating yourself in loving ways as well? Are you thinking kind thoughts about yourself? Are you letting go of criticism? Are you getting the self-care? Are you, are you creating self-care rituals? Are you getting the help you need? Are you listening to your own intuition? That really above kind of like everything is, is the most important thing for each of us really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, self-care isn't, isn't selfish. It's no. just, it's just um, it's such a good, I mean, listen, if we want other people to treat us with love and compassion and kindness and all those things, then surely we need to lead by example. Um, Tari at one, one point said like, uh, treat others. She said, she said, not treat others the way that you'd want to be treated yourself, but treat yourself the way that you would treat other people, which I thought was a very nice way of saying that. So all that, all that effort you put into your friendships and your relationships, like do that for yourself as well. You know, be there when you need a day off or when you're not feeling well. Like, give yourself that space to heal. Make that chicken soup when you're when you're off with the flu. And I think it, you know, there's that common misperception that being a narcissist is like loving yourself. And that's it's not right. though. It's just it's just it's, shouting really hard to not hear all the doubt and insecurity. It's exactly. It's just it's, pushing, it's not, trying to push it away and and put something over the top of it. Um, yeah. And you have to push really hard and everything, I would say everything you push down and don't deal with, like it's going to bounce back up and it's going to bite you in the hiney. Yes, it will. And the longer you push it down, the harder it's going to bite. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So imagine narcissists who've been pushing down those insecurities for decades. They have to mm. keep pushing because it must be, it must be bite is going to sting. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, but I think that's a good place to end. Like when you're looking at a relationship to just ask the question, is that loving behavior? Mm. And I often say as well, like, and is it like, listen, everybody makes mistakes. So if someone does one yeah. thing, one silly thing, then, you know, you can just, you can let that go. That's fine. But if it yeah. starts becoming systematic and if you start, often wondering hey is that is that loving behavior then maybe it's a good it's a good time to do some to do some reflection on that yeah yeah definitely hey thanks so much for joining me today that was lovely we went a little bit on a we went on a little road trip of narcissistic abuse there but that's always fun <laughs> and uh to everyone else, to, to you, I'll say I'll see, I'll see you soon. Uh, and to everybody else, I'll, I'll say um, I'll, I'll hope to see you next week on the podcast. Yeah, brilliant.